Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of healing or spirituality or social transformation. And I'm particularly excited about today's show. I haven't done a show in about a month just because I wasn't moved to do one, but I'm very moved to do this one. And I'm excited to let you know that today we're going to be speaking to a gentleman in South Africa named Arne Allingham, who also is an author who uses the pseudonym Zingdad in his writings. And I came across Arne because over the last several months, I've been doing an in-depth personal study of the laws of creation, the principles of empowerment in the context of a non-dual appreciation of the unity of existence. My spiritual background has been predominantly focused on the uh, enlightenment end of the spectrum, and I've been exposed to a lot of um, empowerment teachings, but until recently, none of them really clicked for me because they really weren't grounded in a larger context of of non-dual understanding that I was grounded in. But I knew that I wanted to increase my capacities as a conscious manifester. And so that desire led me to come across the teachings of a wonderful young spiritual teacher named Bentino Massaro. And so I've been kind of in an in-depth study with Bettino's work for the last several months. And then that led me to um, a deeper study of the law of one in the raw material. And um, so that's what was going on in my own life. And then I subscribed to an email service that I get every night in the middle of the night called Golden Age of Gaia. And about a week or so ago, there was a um, there was a link to some of Arne's recent work where he's channeling Adamu and uh, talking about what's going on on the planet. And I totally resonated with that. And so then I started to check out Arne's work in general and uh, came across some of his other work that was right in line with what I was sharing earlier as kind of the cutting edge for my process now. And I'm about two thirds of the way, I'm really devouring uh, Arne's first book called The Ascension Papers, book one, which really addresses the kinds of things that I'm exploring right now. And so I just felt moved and inspired to reach out to Arne to uh, get to know him better and to share him with all of you. So with that as an introduction, 
Arn, welcome to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. Gosh, Gosh well, thank, thank you so, so much. much. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely lovely, lovely to be here, here and to be talking to, to you, Dr. David. Great. So um, one of the wonderful things about Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul is that we have enough time so that we don't have to dive right into a description of the work. We can start out much more organically with getting to know you and getting to know your journey so that when we do start talking more directly about your work, it'll have a, it'll have a very empowering context and people will be able to connect with you and the work at a much greater level. So what I'm going to do in a minute is just turn it, they're going to turn the show over to you for a while and you can take the conversation wherever you like, but what I would like is if you would talk about your own journey in such a way that the end of that conversation would lead us into a natural segue into your life today and your work today. Wow, what a beautiful open-ended question. So let me give it my best shot. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was uh, uh, born in 1970 here in South Africa. And, and those of you that uh, know anything about uh, the history of South Africa know that it was a pariah state, the apartheid nation. Um, and, and there are no mistakes. I was born into South Africa because it was a place that provided for a a unique kind of a, an isolation. There was um, uh, a, a particularly dogmatic brand of Christianity that was the state religion at the time. And so um, what it did is it, it created an opportunity for me growing up not to be exposed to any kind of uh, spiritual ideas, any of the, the, the things that we now take for granted because we can just find them on the internet. Um, and And so... My whole childhood, I had the sense of being a stranger in the strange in a strange land, a sense of being completely isolated, a sense of absolute unbelonging. And what this engendered in me is a real yearning uh, to know, to understand, to get answers. And what was available to me was. Um, you know the Bible, I suppose, and 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 the interpretation thereof uh, from a particularly closed and and dogmatic perspective. Um, and and you know when you when you encounter that and you go, all right, that's fine. This is these are the answers. How much can I believe these answers before I have a question about them? And when the questions arise. Uh, there's maybe an answer or two from those who are the teachers, the preachers, the the ones who are supposed to have answers before they before they get irritated and angry, before they want to know why you are uh, rocking the boat. So uh, the bottom line is, I I really wasn't finding myself satisfied by by what was available to me, and um, a. a particularly open-minded older friend at some point mentioned to me the idea of uh, spirit guides, that, that we all have one and that they're with us and looking after us. And something in that moment went click. There was just a, 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 a resonance, a resonance a, a, an awareness that this is, this is interesting to me. And so at the age of, I think I was probably 14, 15, 
thereabouts, I decided that I needed to be able to contact my spirit guide. I needed to be able to get some input from this being who was going to be able to provide me with answers. And I began a process in complete isolation. I mean, I didn't know anything about things that we know now about dowsing or pendulums or, you know, all of the other things that people could use as, as, as props, as tools for reaching beyond the veil. But anyway, so I, I won't go too deeply into the details. I developed a, my own little uh, technique of balancing a little stone on my hand and, 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 and then it would fall this way for yes and that way for no. And that's where the journey began. Fast forward um, a good sort of 20 years in which I was now and again reaching out to and, and conversing with my spirit guide. But I have to tell you, I was never 100% sure that I wasn't just fooling myself. Though I would get surprising answers, um, our minds are are pretty creative things and 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 it remained in this place where i was interested i enjoyed the interactions but i didn't know for sure if 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 i if they were what they purported to be um so i got on with my life i uh, engaged the ego being of somebody that has to you know get a job and uh, earn money and you know do all these adult things buy houses and make mortgage loans and all that kind of stuff. I did that uh, until somewhere in my mid-30s when um, uh, in between this time I, I had met and fallen in love with and, and, and sh- begun to share my life with, with my present uh, soulmate Lisa. In my mid-30s, uh, Lisa and I were on holiday uh, in a particularly beautiful area of South Africa uh, we call it the Garden Route. There's um, just forests and mountains, and it's very, very lovely here. Anyway, we were on holiday, and uh, we were taking a walk in the mountains, and we had a true mystical experience. Now, I can throw some words at you and try and describe it, but really, the, the, the words just pale compared to the experience. There was a moment as we crested a hill, I looked down on the valley, and I knew. It wasn't an idea. It was a knowing. I knew that I was everything I was witnessing. I knew I was one with with the whole of the panorama that I was witnessing. I knew that the trees were my lungs, that the sun that was shining this most beautiful syrupy golden light over this tableau was my eyes, that that light was my vision. I knew I knew it was me. I knew I was one with all that I was experiencing. I, my heart was just completely cracked open with this awareness of the oneness. And everything that had ever happened in my whole life up until that point suddenly became a shadow, became just um, just a pretense. That moment was real. And my mind started to search around for what what is happening here? And And... Um, the best answer I could come up with was that this was an invitation from, uh, I don't know, from 
the earth, from the goddess, from Gaia, from from the forest. This was an invitation for us, for 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 Lisa and I, to engage in a loving and custodial relationship with the land. And I was overwhelmed with this question. And at that, that point, I was brought present. But here I am engaging in this experience. I turned around to see what Lisa was doing. And she was literally on her knees a few meters behind me. Her shoulders were shaking. I walked closer to her and I just heard her saying, yes, yes, yes. And I, I, in that moment, it seemed like the question and the answer. It seemed like it was all one experience. So anyway, um, that was pretty life-changing. Uh, it, it, it's like up until then, the compass of my life had been pointed towards um, ego goals, towards I'd, I'd started a business. It was, it was quite a success. I was chasing after more business and growth, and, and I was uh, a sociable being, a kind of a life and soul of the party kind of guy. And we, we, Lisa and I were building a little yuppie lifestyle, and I was chasing those goals. In that moment, that all just turned to so much nonsense. I just completely recalibrated my life. I knew this, whatever this is, this is what it's about. And um, as Lisa and I were returning to the car, we already began the discussion. How are we going to move to this part of the world? How are we going to do that? Imagine we could be here. Those are magic words, you know. Imagine we could live here. You say that, you say it with, with, uh, with a bit of feeling, you begin to bring it towards you. And so anyway, uh, Lisa and I committed to each other that we were engaging in a process from there on out of following our hearts, of being true to the divine that we find within ourselves. Because when you are touched by the oneness all kinds of stuff changes. The oneness is not outside of you. You are part of the oneness. You are one with the oneness. You know that there is this divine being inside of you. That's the real you. That's actually creating the illusory you, the persona. This being is creating you and experiencing itself through you and as you. And you know that absolutely every other being that you meet, animal, plant, rock, planet, Sun is the same. It's all the divine, the same divine that is you experiencing and expressing and creating. So those beautiful awarenesses were so rich in my heart. And then the objections started to arise. The yes, but. Because if all is one, why is it such a mess? Why are we so hurt? Why was I at the time? So why would, why did I have so much pain in my heart, so much anger, so much rage? Why, why evil? Why, why the stuff that humans are doing to each other? How can this be? And so, um, by this time I had, uh, somewhat refined my process. I was no longer balancing a rock on my fingers. I, I had learned to, to engage in written conversation. I'd learned to write a question and then allow the answer to arrive in my heart and write the answer. So I decided it was time. We, we, we got back home from our holiday, Lisa and I, and I decided it was time. And I started to write. Really a personal journey. I was going to get the answers to these questions. 
But I decided before I do that, let's establish a baseline. Let's start with who am I talking to when I engage? And how does this conversation happen? And what does it all mean? So I started to speak to this truth, this inner guru, this voice of the divine that was available inside of me. And I said, who are you? And the answer came back, I am your inner self. And the conversation opened up. And f from those simple beginnings, uh, the Ascension Papers, to which you were uh, alluding earlier, flowered. And, um, you know, as I wrote the Ascension Papers, the doubts that I, that I had about, you know, what's going on and is this just me fooling myself, really fell away because, um, you know, if one hasn't read the Ascension Papers, it's, it's a book like any other book. But if you really go and engage with it, well, bring an open heart and an open mind to it, and, and you'd be hard-pressed to imagine that um, just a normal mortal human being could make all of that stuff up. Certainly, as the inhabitant of my own mind, um, I'm not stupid. I'm okay. But I could not have come up with that stuff. It's, it's, it's too, too beautiful, too complete, too integral, too self-referential. It, 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 it's, it, it's just something that would have been completely beyond my wildest dreams to create out of my own mind. And so... I become aware, and each time, now and again, I, 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 for some reason or another, will have to go back and reference it, and I'm surprised that as the author of the book, who's edited it, who's read it uh, many times, I, I will go back and I will read a chapter or read a, a section, and I, I, I still find myself being enriched by what's in there, which really, to me, um, means that I, I can't take credit for it beyond being the guy that asked the questions. Um, the 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 information is inspired. It comes from beyond. It comes from an intelligence greater than mine by by far, and um, it's really just been a blessing to to me to to be able to uh, to be the the instrument, the conduit by which that work and the other works that I've subsequently engaged in have been um, brought to earth. And then as a result of that, as a result of um, writing the Ascension Papers, and initially I made it available on, on the internet, um, people have contacted me and said, that was amazing. How can I have some of the experiences you've had? So I began to release some guided meditations. And people would do those, and they'd come back to me, and they said, those are wonderful, um, but I want to engage in, in deep journey with you. So I started doing one-on-one -on -one healing. And what I realize is when you choose to give your gift it's like stepping onto the first stepping stone the giving of the gift opens you up it opens your heart it opens your connection and it enables you to grow and become more and then there's a next gift that comes forth to be given which is perhaps a larger stepping stone and the one leads to the next um, and so that's kind of the state of play I think that segues neatly how did I do great uh, can I take you back a little bit to fill in some blanks please yes so i'm curious about that 20-year period from the mm -hmm. time you had your first contact with your inner friend and this experience that broke you wide open and you mentioned on one hand during that period you got very 
enchanted with ego-based realities. But on the other hand, it seemed that you found your soulmate. And so that is a little confusing to me. And then I was curious about that. And then I was curious what the nature of the conversations were with your with your inner guide over the last over that 20 year period was it mostly conversations about typical earthly life or were these uh, questions about enlightenment or were these questions about the laws of creation what was your what were you interested in at the time uh, good question. So um, I very much was walking uh, was walking a, a a dual path. I very much was um, interested in matters philosophical and spiritual, uh, even though um, I was deeply i was i was engaging in 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 the world i was engaging in 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 the stuff of the ego of earning money and and doing those things um at the same time i was also uh, a a a thinking philosophical spiritual person it's just it's just encoded into my own spiritual makeup i guess um we are we are so much more than what is here in this lifetime we are the product of um, our past lives were pro- product of our spiritual makeup, and and subsequently, when I began to understand and and get to know and really heal and integrate my past lives, I've understood myself a great deal better, and and I arrived here seeded with with uh, awarenesses, seeded with with things that were always going to tickle me through this life. So so yeah, I was doing I was doing both, um, but I suppose I considered spirituality to be an interest an an abiding interest probably my my greatest hobby type interest um i was one of these dinner table terrorists wherever i went i would want to know from people what do they believe and 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 um not not trying to be difficult um just trying to understand i would i would ask those kind of searching questions that they often didn't want people to ask these deep questions, the ones that pick the holes in, in what you're believing, simply because I, I wanted to find out what what really goes on inside other people's psyches. So that's who I was. Um, and when I was uh, really very young, uh, Lisa and I were both 20, 21 when, when we met, um, we just recognized each other. We just knew each other. We have um, a sole contract to be of assistance, to be partners for 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 the, the for the duration of this life journey, and um, we knew it, and we sort of very very instantly fell into each other, fell into relationship with each other, and since then we have been each other's um, perfect balance. You know, whenever. Uh, I would f- get to a place that I didn't know what to do. I, whenever I'd come unstuck in one way or another, chances were pretty good Lisa had the answer for me. And with with her assistance and guidance, I would awaken and grow. And a little bit later, she'd be stuck with something completely different, which I would be perfectly um, suited to assist her with. So we bootstrapped ourselves into, into growth and awakening. So... Um, 
yeah, the second part of your question is what what was I asking? Well, I, I was I was speaking to my spirit guide who, when I first asked him what is his name, I asked him if I can have a name. He said no, you can't have a name. Um, so I, you know, I, I appealed to to his uh, sense of kindness or something and said, but you know, if I don't have anything to call you, how how do I speak to you? And he he let me have this number eight, just. Yeah, the number eight. Uh, many years later, I understood because he didn't want to give me a word or a name that I would get all attached to what it means. And the number eight kept it light and, and fun and free. So I would ask eight things like, um, um, how many times have I incarnated before? And then he'd give me a number because initially questions and answers were, were really slow going. I had to try and figure out from yes and no and so on. Is this my last lifetime or, you know, what am I doing here? And, and yes, it's, it's your last lifetime and the, the, the meaning of your life is uh, teach, learn. As a, uh, somebody who's read the, the Law of One, you'll, you'll enjoy that. Um, I got that from him, that teaching and learning is the same thing. If, you, um, if you're a, a learning, you have something to teach. And once you've done learning something, you're no longer suitable to, to be teaching it. Once you've truly mastered something, you don't teach it. Anyway, so these kinds of questions, you know, why am I here? What's it about? Um, I didn't get into the, the really deep metaphysics of it simply because the tools I had at my disposal for engaging eight in conversation were far too rudimentary. Um, but to the degree that I was able, my questions were really more about spiritual and metaphysical subjects, trying to find uh, my clarity on what's real and, and, and what's true, trying to find my way to also getting over my, my hurts and my angers that I had with the world. Um, but it was, it was slow going and it was necessarily so that my spiritual process was what I would have considered a, a, a pastime, a hobby, while um, getting on with building a business and, and, and managing my business seemed to be the primary focus of my life. Well, so it was until that, until that mystical moment on the mountainside. Now, excuse me, <clears throat> now was the business your prime focus because you thought you needed that to make the money you needed to live or... Was it because you just thought that's what you do, or where 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 was your head at at the time? Well, when I when I uh, in, enrolled at at, at university, uh, I joined the campus radio station, and 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 I just loved the radio medium. Uh, I I loved the feeling of communicating with people, and I decided that this was a kind of a passion. That this was something I really I was good at, and I really wanted to do. Um. I very quickly realized that in in the world of commercial radio, uh, radio presenters are, um, uh, well, <laughs> they're kind of uh, automata. They have to play the music that's playlisted. They have to say the things that need to be said. They have to pat, hold things together and, and, and make, it all, make it all work. But there is very little freedom in commercial radio for the presenter, the DJ, whatever we're calling this person, to really reach and touch hearts. So 
though I loved radio, that kind of bothered me. So I thought, well, what I want to do is I want to be in programming. And then I realized programming is is driven by the bottom line. You do what gets the money. So then I decided I wanted to own my own radio station, which I then proceeded to do, which here in South Africa was was quite a feat at the time. But I don't want to digress too far. I uh, found a way to be uh, providing radio stations for corporate entities like like large retail chains. We were doing radio via satellite. And so for a while there, I could tell myself that that this was my passion, that this was my this is this is what I love to do. I love radio, and it was kind of fun, and it was my own business, and it's a it's a fun in, uh, industry to be in, and I loved audio production, and and I loved working with the people, and it was all great, um, and 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 yeah, it was a good business, and I was earning good money for what I was doing, so it was it was it was kind of easy for me to believe in what I was doing for a little while. That, uh, that, that ability to believe in what I was doing didn't last awfully long because once the novelty had worn off, I began to see, but it's all the same thing again. I could be, I could be selling underwear at the flea market. I could be selling the most expensive motor cars or I could be in radio. It's all the same thing. It's it's business and it's selling and um, engaging with corporate entities and selling advertising, which sells stuff to people over radio. It all just comes down to the same thing. And there's, there's a certain willingness to negotiate your integrity that's kind of necessary to make the wheels of commerce turn and 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 though it made the wheels of commerce turn it made my soul ill it really it felt toxic and 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 i loved bits of it but it became more and more difficult for me to do that and that's where i was at i was i was doing it um thinking i was very lucky to have 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 built this 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 business with a number of radio stations and a production studio and it's all good and i eventually was going into the office i don't know 2 3 4 hours a day um and for the rest i was free and at you know when i went into the office i was the boss <laughs> so there were all these reasons all these wonderful ego reasons why this was a great thing but i was ready when we had that um, the the mountainside experience, I was ready. I was ready to let go. Um, not to say that it wasn't a little bit difficult. I I ended up just giving my business away to two of my employees who had more passion for it than I did. Um, got the surprise of their lives. I called them into my office and said, "I'm going to be leaving, and you're getting the company." Um, so th- 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 that was interesting and fun and and disengaging and selling up and and just saying goodbye to everything I'd built had its moments it was difficult um and 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 then moving to the country and building a place not knowing how I was going to earn a living here not knowing how I was going to make this happen but, but just following my heart that was difficult but um at that point at that point I couldn't not um, but I think I've digressed a bit. I think I've I've uh, left the question behind somewhat. Have I answered the question? I, I think you have. Is that uh, 
the sense that I get is that it worked for you for a while, but then when you had the, it, it, it had, you had affinities with certain things you enjoyed and certain talents and it worked for a while, but the overall context uh, started to grate on your soul. And then when you had this major opening, uh, there was too much of a misalignment between your current passions and what you had created. And then you had the commitment and the courage and the support of your wife and you made a joint decision to make a radical shift in your lives to more fully reflect your current sense of of aliveness and your your current sense of what was possible. Well, yeah, perfect summation. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I would imagine that the connection sounds like a very tantric type of connection you have with Lisa has been just integral to not only your happiness but also to your uh, ability to access the capacities that you've needed to access to be who you wanted to be and do what you wanted to do and to have what you wanted to have. Uh, And so if there's anything you want to say about your relationship with Lisa, or if you don't want to say anything, that's fine too. But I think if you are willing, I think this must be an important part of the picture. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, uh, gosh, <laughs> it's not that I don't want to say anything. I just I don't I don't know what to say. Lisa is she's my muse. She's my 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 teacher, my student, my beloved, my she's 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 really it's the the the, the beauty and the perfection of our relationship um, leaves us both somewhat uh, astounded uh our 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 divine selves have been willing to craft and recraft these expressions called Arne and Lisa have been willing to go back and forth in time to make sure that we uh continue to be the a, a really divinely perfect match uh without lisa I, 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 and i say this um with um without exaggeration without lisa i would not be here on planet earth anymore i and if i had been here i certainly would not have um found my way to 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 actualizing myself as i have we 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 just have played that role for each other she's um the co-author of everything that i've written except that i've actually been the one who put the pen on the paper so to speak but I can't unknit what comes from Lisa and what comes from me anymore. We've we've just inspired each other and touched each other and you know altered each other's perceptions so many levels and so iteratively um, that that yeah. So there is this front end, this this mask of of the divine that I am that speaks with 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 this voice and that has this expression um but to reach within and find what of this is not also touched by lisa's consciousness i I can't even do that right right so um i'm glad that you guys found each other 
and that you're enjoying each other and that it's a it's a consciousness and a livingness out of which wonderful fruit is coming to bless all of us and um who knows, maybe one of your writings sometime in the future will be something about sharing about the possibility of romantic relationships in the coming times that uh, can tap people into some new possibilities and some new practices. You know, it's actually a funny thing, David. I, I, I find myself... Um, struggling to speak to this question of of how how somebody else should find their whatever their soulmate their 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 perfect partner how somebody else should do that simply because um i was blessed by not having to work for this or strive for this or or develop this this is for for lisa and i this has been a gift from the divine we found each other at 21. We knew each other, and it's just—I mean, we've—we've—we've we've, we've had our moments. We've had our struggles, but we've always known that we were each other's divine partner. Right, but I also so, feel that you've been good stewards of that gift, and maybe, maybe your, maybe your writings would open up if instead of looking at it about how you found each other, it might be much more interesting and powerful to acknowledge the gift and then share together about not only some of the challenges you've had, but how you have been a good steward of that gift. That's a very, very interesting proposition to write something together. <laughs> I will consider myself inspired. Thank you. Sure. So, um, did you have any major physical plane teachers in this lifetime, or has it all been through uh, beings who were not currently physical? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I've had. I wouldn't say that I've had major physical plane teachers. I've had. I've had inspirations and moments of um, moments of, 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 of clarity that would just arrive and very often the person delivering it wouldn't even realize the importance to me of what they've said that right. sort of thing it's it's just you know it, um, um, right, in the moment yeah that's not, that's not no I, this that's not what right. I'm meaning the answer the yeah. answer to your question no there, there's there, there hasn't been such a person for me um, which has also been important to my journey um kind of crucial to 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 my understanding to my message to what is true for me is that for each of us our own greatest guru is inside of us and if if somebody says something uh that you find to be very true or perhaps if you read the ascension papers and you have that feeling of resonance What's actually happening there is not that there is there's truth on the page in front of you, because on the page in front of you is just words. The truth is inside of you. You're being reminded of something that you already, on a fundamental level, that you deeply know to be true. 
that's what the resonance is. You feel that kind of a, 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 a vibration. Your truth bell inside of your heart is being rung. Absolutely. So somebody else is pointing you towards your own guru. And to my mind, um, if, if there is such a thing as, as, a, as a guru, as a, a spiritual teacher, then they really have one job, and that's to point you towards your own heart. Absolutely. And if they can do so in such a way that you get it, that you, that you actually find your own truth connection, then from that point out, all that is happening is a dance. Uh, the divine dancing with itself, the divine in me dancing with the divine in you, me pointing you to your truth, you pointing me to my truth. And, and if we disagree, then that's beautiful. Um, there's the little the story about the, the two ants that walk around a coin. The coin is, for some reason, standing up on its edge, and the two ants walk around the coin, and they meet up on the other side. And the one, one ant says to the other, you know, that coin, man, that was the most mind-blowing thing. It was a big and round, and it had this head on it. And the other, coins, uh, the other ant says, you're nuts. There was no head on it. There was just a big number on it. And they walk away arguing. Because, of course, our two dear ants uh, are not truth-connected beings. They're not, um, they're not awakening beings. Awakening beings understand that every perspective is unique. That means you finding your truth doesn't mean that we are going to absolutely agree on our conversations about truth because your truth is from your perspective. So if we disagree, then something beautiful is about to happen. I'm about to hear about the other side of the coin that I've never seen. I'm about to be able to expand my awareness to, to, to imagine a coin with two sides or whatever the case of the conversation might be. So really for me, that's, you know, that's, that's where it's at. That's what we're doing. We're awakening, finding our light within ourselves. And as we shine that light, others can awaken in the glow of the light. But it's not to say what I'm seeing you should see too. It's not to say, follow me. I am someone who knows better than you do. It's, it's simply to say, hello, friend. Let me tell you what I know, because some of it might be true for you. And, and as you find what's true for you, you can tell me what you know. And more and more light, we just multiply the quotient of, of awareness as we go. How did you deal with the, the sense of stranger in a strange landness, the loneliness, the hurt, the feelings of being misunderstood and not being appreciated or even fully seen? How did you deal with that at different points in your journey and what helped you to eventually go to really deep levels of healing with your personal psychology so that you could be happier and also be of greater service? Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a big question. I'm going to have to just touch on some bits of it. Um, so how, how I dealt with it at, at, at different stages um, when I was when I was young, I made the world wrong. I, I I developed a a mindset of 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 I'm okay, you're not okay. I distrusted others. I found them to be um <laughs> to be idiots, to be to be blundering, to be they 
what's wrong with them? Why are they believing this nonsense? You know, why don't they wake up and and so on? That was that was a the first stage. Um, and then as I as I grew, so I I learned how to chameleon. I learned how to put on my performance face, how to be one of them externally because what I was looking for was acceptance I was looking to be included in the herd and I'm quite a good actor when I need to be I fooled them they included me in the herd and and I I got to join the club I got to be somebody doing things and being a part of the corporate and business and that sort of thing and at that time what I did was I um uh, I I made a bubble inside of myself. Um, I was doing my spirituality and my growth stuff primarily on my own, um, or, or 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 in in relationship with Lisa. Or as time went on, uh, when the internet suddenly happened, starting to find uh, fora and places online where I could have conversations. But what happened then is I I I, I bifurcated. There was this. Uh, the Zingdad persona that came into being, who was the, the the spiritual questing guy, who was really asking those questions, and then there was Arn Allingham, the the the, the ego persona that was really ca- very carefully crafting his 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 chameleon mask to fit in with the world. Um, and and then yeah, then with the with that that moment, I call it my singularity event, that moment of oneness, uh, I began to collapse all the versions of self into one. I began to integrate um, the the Zingdad and the Arn Allingham. I began to make them one and my other past lives. I began to reintegrate the whole of myself, which um, completely changed the way I felt about myself and the way I engaged with others. I started to demand of of myself and of others that that this is who I am I'm not for everybody if you don't like what I have to say I'm perfectly okay with that because I love you anyway and and if you think I'm weird or you know can't uh, engage with what I have to talk about then that's okay I let you go it's fine um, because this is who I am this is what I have to offer and something surprising happened when I stopped chameleoning because that was inherently very unsatisfying, trying trying to be loved for being someone else was very unsatisfying. When I stopped that and started simply being who I was, the people who got to know the chameleon persona uh, pretty much universally rejected him, said, you're just, you've just changed. You've changed, you've become weird, you're pressing all our buttons, uh, you're not fun anymore, all you want to do is talk about heavy stuff. You don't want to party anymore. Uh, we don't like you. So initially I got quite lonely quite quickly. And I didn't mind that at all. I was quite happy with that. Rather be authentic than uh, than popular, I suppose. Uh, but then I started to to shine the light that I found within myself. I started to uh, publish my books. I started to express myself. And then I started to find myself making connection with others who 
also found themselves to be uh, lost in the wilderness. And people would, would, would connect with me and say, oh my goodness, I've, I'm busy reading what you've said or I found your, your website. I think you're the only one who will understand me because nobody around me gets me. And so, you know, I want to engage with you, talk to you, I want to. And suddenly I found I was very much not alone. And suddenly I found that these conversations that I so badly wanted to have, conversations about what is what is real, about what matters, about spirituality, metaphysics, what's beyond the illusion, why are we really here, what's after death, these questions, the big questions, the, the big why questions. Instead of me trying to foist them on friends who look at me askance and go, why are you being heavy? I suddenly found myself having those conversations all the time. And uh, I found myself guiding what became clients on deep journeys into their own psyches to help them to heal their past lives, their, their soul pain. And this was suddenly so incredibly thrilling. I get to do the stuff that I really wanted to do. I get to make it my vocation. And people actually want to pay me to do this with them. It was just, it was a whole new plateau um, of experience opened up at that point. Beautiful, beautiful. So I'm a little torn here. I, uh, I have two ideas about how to take the conversation from here. So let me mention both of them and you can you tell me which resonates with you more. Okay. Okay. Is that okay, Arne? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. Thank you. So one would be just to have you begin now to talk more about your work today and kind of what's on the cutting edge for you and to kind of let the conversation go that way. Um, the other one was to share with you personally kind of what is on the cutting edge for me in my journey these days and then allow you to respond and in that way kind of bring forth kind of what where you are where you're at these days and what your work is like these days so there's a couple ways we could go oh let's do the latter one let's 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 hear what what's what's cutting edge with you and let's see where the where the dovetails are okay so I was um, kind of foreshadowing that in the beginning of the show when uh, I was sharing with you a little bit about my journey that um, most of my spiritual training for not only this life, but also my soul as it relates to earthly experiences has been mostly in the area which I would call self-realization of deconstructing the ego and limited identities and limiting beliefs and uh, having a direct awareness of presence and a direct awareness of awareness and to be able to abide in a infinite spacious kind of space and not a lot of training in the, the mastery of conscious manifestation. And um, what I was noticing is that 
at least in the United States, it seems like the people that are the powerful manifestors are the ones that are not very spiritually oriented. The ones that are influencing our institutions, the ones that are have the money to express themselves the way they choose. And so it seems like there's this gap between shall we say, the black magicians who understand the laws of manifestation and the heart-centered, spiritually-oriented people who have a, a peacefulness and a lovingness. And so um, I got to a point in my life where I was realizing that even though I'd been exposed to a lot of the teachings on law of attraction, law of allowing, manifestation, all of that, that none of it touched me very deeply because it wasn't, didn't have the context that resonated with me. And then I came across Bentino's teachings a few months ago, and he's the first teacher I found that really presents it in a complete package. And so I'm very excited. I feel like a kid in a candy store where I'm starting to play with new things and tap into different aspects of myself and uncover more limiting beliefs that I get to transmute. And my hunch is that knowing me and knowing my function is that if this is happening for me, this is probably happening for a lot of more advanced light workers these days. And it's been quite a journey. And I'm wondering how that either dovetails with your personal journey and or how that dovetails with the cutting edge of the work you're doing these days. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. So um, uh, to speak to, to speak to the, 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 the place that we are in uh, as a, as a, uh, a collective consciousness, um, what I would like to, look at is is what it is to journey into separation how do we get to be here where we are now and where are we going from here so i'm going to speak in broad terms because this is not true of everybody but in broad terms imagine there is a being whole and complete unto itself it absolutely knows that it is connected with with the oneness with divinity it it has no conception of fear because there has never been anything that could either damage or hurt it it has no conception of pain for the same reason nothing has ever damaged or hurt it it uh, can't even imagine not being able to create its reality because its thoughts are reality creation a divine being who is whole and complete unto itself now this being becomes aware of a separation reality a reality where you can go and play and get to know all kinds of completely new and 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 wildly egregiously different experiences experiences of being many of being separate of not knowing who you are of discovering yourself anew from a place of complete forgetting 
And this being is intrigued. It draws nearer. And it's willing to enter into this reality. Not um, ill-advisedly, because as it draws nearer, it's told. It's told that this is, this is difficult. This is really, really difficult in ways that you can't imagine until you go there. This is difficult. And the part of you that enters into this place is going to get lost. It's going to get stuck. It's going to be put through the most unbelievably challenging experiences. And at some point, it's going to have ventured far enough and then you're going to have to work overtime to kind of rescue this lost part of yourself. And you've got to decide whether it's worth whether it's worth it, whether you're going to do it or not. And of course, not every entity decides to do it. But those of us that have decided to do it, what we did is we entered ourselves into this reality and we plunged through layer upon layer of forgetting. And the only way you forget is you have experiences that are so powerful that you come to believe that what is true is no longer true. Like, for example, if you were to express yourself into a life and if you found yourself being victimized, cruelly, brutally victimized in that incarnation, it would be very difficult for you to believe in a uh, a completely fair and just world where everybody does what is fair because this was so completely unfair. And it would be difficult for you to believe in that, that there is the divine in everybody around you because here is someone or a tribe or whatever it was that treated you so abominably that, that you, you, you now feel that you must pull back. You discover fear. You must pull back. You must recoil. And so... Your, your belief in your connection and the oneness has been, has been severed. So you fall a, a, a layer deeper. Now because of this, now you're defending yourself. Now you're not trusting others. Uh, perhaps you are now willing to take from somebody else something that you believe you need. Uh, perhaps uh, you think you, you and your family is going to go hungry, so you go and fight for somebody for some food. And you kill them. Now you're a perpetrator. Perhaps you become willing to be quite an egregious perpetrator. Uh, somebody who dominates, controls, and violently abuses others. It's not an unusual thing to do when you fear to respond like that. And after that life, you look back at what you've done. And suddenly you can no longer believe there's anything divine about you. And to complicate matters, we all carry within ourselves a gift, something unique, something special, a, a, a truly a bright light. We all carry this within ourselves. Now you carry that into the separation reality, into this place where you have forgotten that there is divine within the other and divine within yourself. You become aware of this gift. Maybe it's a, 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 an ability to uh, speak the truth, to just see to the truth of things and speak to the truth. Now as an ego being, uh, you use this ability for your own uh, egoic uh, benefit. And after that lifetime, you see how using your truth-speaking ability caused harm, caused magnificent harm, if I can 
conflate those two terms. Uh, and, and so much so that you decide, I cannot trust this thing, this gift. I cannot trust this ability. So we get so hurt that we eventually tumble right down to this deepest level of, 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 of separation called duality. This place where we simply cannot believe that there is a oneness and a divinity within. It's called duality because there's two. There's the creator and there's the creation. You believe you're the creation. You believe you are David or Arn or whatever the label on your birth certificate might be. You say, I am that. I am that and I am this body and I am these experiences, this memory. I am this thing. This is what I am. And you look outside of yourself for God. This is why we're always looking outside for a guru or for a, a, a teacher or for a master. We're looking outside of ourselves for somebody else who has, who's got God by the coattails. And, and, and so we try to go to holy places to go and worship God. And we, we don't know where to look, probably up to the skies, to the clouds. Where is God? And we're looking for God. And that can go on for a number of lifetimes. We can look for God and look for God and look for God until eventually we're beginning to begin to look within ourselves. And then we start to climb the ladder of consciousness. But long story short, the point is there is an, an, a journey outwards. There's a journey of tumbling down, of heading outwards into separation. And that journey continues and continues and continues until you hit rock bottom until you can't go outwards anymore, until you have what's called the dark night of the soul, and you just say, I cannot do this anymore. You might bounce on that depth a few times, and then you turn around and you begin to head back into awakening, into, into oneness, into love, into healing. When you talk about black magicians, when you talk about people who are powerfully creating from a place of separation, these are people who are on the journey outwards. These are people who have not yet encountered a really good reason why they shouldn't be using the tools, <clears throat> the gifts, the whatever they have in service of the ego. So perhaps they they know they are they have something and they're using it to manifest mansions and sports cars and 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 uh, ego gratifications and the corner office at the top of the tower and all of these things nothing wrong with that that's what you do when you walk that part of the journey then you talk about ones who are heart-centered who are connected who are um about spirituality and and these kinds of things and you're saying well they're not manifesting <laughs> quite as powerfully well, at this point of the journey, it's not surprising. They are fresh from the awareness of this stuff is dangerous. Using, using the gifts to manifest, well, I, I got really hurt on that on my way out. <laughs> and they haven't yet found the fullness of their connection to the divine, which which is if you're doing it from this place, if you're doing it from the God self within and, 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 and then using your gifts, it's always safe. It always serves the greatest good. It's, it always leads to, um, to everybody being enriched. You, you can't act from that place of oneness and 
hurt another. It's impossible because from the place of oneness, I know what I do to you, I do to myself also. If I cause hurt, I immediately see the, that I need to, 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 to learn something. I need to wise up. I need to find more compassion. And then I need to fix the hurt that I've done and then do better. So it really just depends where you are on, on your journey. And the other bit of, of information that, that I can impart with this is when you are on the journey home, you become less and less entranced with creating great things outside of you, with creating empires, with building uh, magnificent edifices to, to the worship of your own ego. You, you just realize this is, this is no longer all that important. What's important is the connection itself, uh, the connection to the divine that you find inside of yourself. That's the most important. Then doing right by that connection, which might mean, um, you know, uh, the way you express yourself, the things you do in the world, doing, doing right, um, increasing the quotient of love, um, causing happiness. Because, again, what you do to another, you do to yourself. If you cause happiness, you feel happiness. Um, th these kinds of things become more and more important. So it's almost perforce that the people who are going to look like the powerful shakers and movers, it's almost perforce that they are outwards heading beings. Um, and and you've, got to, you've got to listen with a a softer ear and look with a, a more attentive eye to find beings who are, who are really heart connected, beings who are really spirit in action, because they're not going to be out there with a billboard shouting at you. Um, Absolutely. They're, you know, they're going to be somewhere quieter. To me, the most exciting thing right now is to be connecting with other people consciously on the path who have reached a maturity where the possibility of embodying spirit in action, not only in their primary relationships, but also in the workplace and in the level of community and in one's relationship to the elements. This is, this is what really is exciting to me right now. Yeah. So, you know, we each have, a piece of the puzzle. We each have a, we each have our own quotient of light that we're bringing, and um, if 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 this is what you're called to do, then it would seem to me, and and I, I'm 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 not saying I have any special knowledge. I'm just saying it seems to me that that you have a, a role, a gift that when you shine your light, it 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 brings it brings others together because it brings them into your company, and. And so you are playing this role of multiplying the light by, by the simple fact of this is what excites you, this is what delights you. And so each of us will be doing that. Each of us will be finding that thing that, that, that switches us on, that makes our light shine. And the beautiful thing about this is though there will be overlaps, no two light beings, no two divine beings are ever going to want to do exactly the same thing. So there cannot be competition. There can only be delight in you're doing what you're doing. 
how wonderful that is because that's what I need somebody to be doing so that I can do what I'm doing. And so we find ourselves, as we meet each other, we find ourselves co-creating. The puzzle pieces each find where the, the edges meet. And, and, and w together, the, the beautiful picture of the new reality, the new world that we are co-creating begins to take form. Absolutely. And, th and, and that's the breakthrough moment. Yes. Because, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but, but to complete the thought, when, when you see this powerful manifestation being done by, uh, I, I'll continue to use the idea, by the black magicians, it, it looks like they've, they hold all the cards. It looks like they have all the power. But there is something that happens when we find each other that we, we don't have to pull together an empire. We, we are a network of light. We just, we just find each other and do what is right for each of us to do. And so something far greater than any empire could ever be organically takes form as we find each other and just do what's right for us to do. Yes, I, I, I get that. And I also get that as we consciously enter into this experiment of how the light workers can be together in such a way that not only do they have an oasis of consciousness and an oasis of a soulmate relationship or something like, and just a couple of really good friends, but as we learn how to be together in such a way that that same kind of sacred tone gets extended into the workplace and into community. Totally, that, yeah. that is the journey that I'm personally on, is becoming the person that I need to be to allow that stage to unfold. And I'm finding that following my passion and my joy with, hum with humility and boldness at the same time seems to be one of the keys for me. So for example, that's what I did when I contacted you and we're manifesting this conversation now that's going to bless thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So that's kind of the lesson that I'm learning that um, rather than fight against anything, to use everything to sharpen my sword for what resonates with my joy and to have the faith and the consciousness to listen and to follow it. I love what you're saying. I, I and, and I agree completely. The, um, the journey home, uh, the journey home into oneness, uh, let's go of these ideas of, of looking outside of yourself for what is wrong and and how to change it or or how to fight against the stuff that you don't like or yes. you let all of that go that's that it it's it's not your problem um there is what arises from within you that's right for you to do you give your energy to that and you express your divine light and then you are doing exactly what you're meant to be doing and you're bringing yourself into contact and into relationship with others who are playing exactly the right role to dance with you. It's, uh, that's, that's it. It's as simple as that right there.
one of the ideas that I've accepted that has helped to open up this capacity to just purely create and not fight against anything is to is that I've really opened up to the idea of parallel realities yeah. and the eternal now and that linear time really being not true and the circumstances of my life is just one frozen snapshot of one parallel reality and to open up that I have the ability to shift realities without fighting any particular version of one, that idea has been very helpful to me in being able to let go of having to believe that I have to fight against anything. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's an awareness that I'd love to share with you. I, th I think you're going to love this. So um, the, the, the insight that I received is that th this, this um, construct that is, uh, that is on, same as for everybody, same as for you, this construct is a cloud of potentiality. So that cloud has it has a, an earliest beginning point, which was which was when a little baby boy was born, and that's when the cloud of potentiality began. From there, it just there's just uh, it, there aren't even timelines. There's just there's a, a cloud of moments. Now you can observe that cloud of moments in a time-like fashion. You can go second by second and 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 watch that life and follow one path through that cloud from birth to death if you like which is what i'm doing which is what we're each doing but there is another way to observe that cloud you can you can um watch moments going sideways or tangentially or whatever you want to do but the point is that every possible choice that I could have taken is inside that cloud. From a certain perspective, every possible place that I went, person that I knew, thing that I could have done, choice that I could have made, thing that I could have said, from a certain perspective, they're all equally real. They're all equally true. And, and when I make a different choice, I navigate a different path through that cloud. And I can make choices that are in, in, in deeper resonance with the divine self, which brings me, let's say, to closer to the middle of the cloud where there is more energy, where there is more awareness. Or I can make choices that are in resistance to what uh, the, 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 central, the central energy stream of that cloud might be. And that will take me out to the periphery. And what determines what is central or what is peripheral is really this. Before this incarnation, before you stepped into being David, and concurrently right now at the same time, outside of this incarnation, there is the divine being that said, here is what I want from this life. And for each of us, that's going to be a little bit different. This is the objective. This is the point of this life. For me, it was, I want to learn to love myself, trust myself, and respect myself inside that place of separation. That was what it was for me. 
a lot of people it's you know it's around healing it's around growth around discovery so the the closer i am to making choices that lead to that outcome in this life the the more the, the more in the center the more in the in the juice in the flow of 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 the cloud i become so really what it means is that all possibilities that could feasibly even occur to you happened or do happen on some level are happening and the way our clouds overlap is such that if you change your mind within yourself if you come to a new belief a new choice if you engage a different path uh, through your cloud you come into contact with a different version of me so you change me by your choices well from your perspective you do you get a different me by making a different choice inside of you and not just me obviously your whole external reality you choose a different external reality by choosing a different internal reality you and said it, you said it beautifully that you 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 said what i was trying to say much better than i said it so i'm glad that you said that thank you you know you know i i i get to see it though the, the beautiful thing of doing the work that i do um I get to see it with my clients. They will come to me reporting something outside of them that's difficult. A partner who is behaving in a difficult way that they don't know how to fix their relationship or something. And all we do is we engage in this inner journey. We go and have a look at what is it that they're holding on to inside of themselves, inside of the, 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 their landscape of beliefs. What are they clinging to? And if we find it and we find how it arose and why they're clinging onto that belief and how we can let go of that belief and, and replace it with something more liberating, then the session comes to an end and there, that was wonderful. Thank you very much. I've, I feel a lot better about myself. And then the next session, when I speak to them again, they're all surprised. They're like, I can't believe it. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but this thing that my husband has 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 been doing for years and years and years and that's i i found it completely unacceptable i didn't know how to change him he's just stopped doing that he's 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 changed and i didn't even have to speak to him about it I, it, it just he changed and 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 really it's this awareness that if on a fundamental level if you change everything changes like magic i guess it is kind of magic but it's spirit magic it's oneness magic and that's what's happening but that's not guaranteed like for example it could be that when that person makes a shift like that and it's not part of the life path for her husband to make that kind of shift she might find herself in a new relationship exactly right yes no right. that is true and 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 i'm i'm so pleased you you uh you you, you raise that perspective because it's important the difference between well there are many differences but one of the differences between black magic and white magic is that black magic is about the outcome uh no right. I, I i want to do this properly black magic and oneness magic black magic is about manipulating your external reality changing other people taking from them their right to be what they are so like doing a spell to make your partner love you more or to change them 
is a very kind of black magic-y thing right. to do. So if we're doing oneness magic, we're not starting out with, I want to change my partner. We're starting out with, I want to heal myself. I want to get right with my own divineness. I want to get right with my relationship within myself. And I want to do right by me. Then what happens is what happens. If, if, it's, right. if it's the greatest good, your partner changes. If it's not the greatest good, your partner leaves or whatever. You know, we're not trying to manipulate the external reality. So, yes, thank you for that point. You're quite right. The last idea I wanted to share with you in terms of my own journey for today is that another idea that's been really helpful that was introduced to me first from Bentino, but he he got that idea when he was studying the raw material and the law of one was the information about service to other others beings and service to self beings. And it helped me to understand that in their own way, the service to self-beings were also learning about love. And even though that game they're playing ultimately is finite because there's only so far you can go without by rejecting unity, um, to understand that what they're doing in their own way, they're learning about love up to a certain point and they're creating a wonderful uh, opponent in the game that is allowing all of us to increase our love. That, um, that's been an important idea for me to really take into my heart because I was like you when I was younger, I was very judgmental. And that idea has been very helpful as well. Yeah. So, so what's interesting there is um, uh, on a, on a spiritual level, I was I was being groomed um, for the service to self path. Um, I, I was I, the the lifetime before this. I had access to to power that I suppose one would call magic, and I suppose black magic. I had access to power, and I had a kind of a. Um, a temporal power as well. I was I was in that lifetime, like a, I suppose, kind of a, like a local lord or something like that. And um, I was being groomed for the service to self path. And um, as it happens, I rejected that path because I, I I couldn't cope with the feeling of what I had done to others with that power. But this, as as a result, I I find myself having really great compassion for those who are on the service to self path and and to my mind it's an equally valid path uh both paths service to other and service to self will will run to a dead end if you are firmly service to other if if you believe that your value and and your purpose is to uh give to others and is is to um subjugate what's right for you to the service of others and and so on then you're like a dam that only has an outlet you you let water out you let water out you let water out and as long as the water is flowing you're feeling wonderful but a day will come when that water will run out when you will have nothing more to give when you'll be empty and that's the the service to other path the service to self path is exactly the opposite you like a dam that receives water that takes water i don't know but that has no outlet 
and and eventually you can't hold the water and the the the, the banks burst and you you have a kind of a breakdown and for both of these parts at the at the third density level which is the density of consciousness that uh, this planet is currently inhabiting that most people uh, on the planet are, are existing at the third density is the level of choice you haven't made a choice you don't know what you're here for you're just bombarded with all the choices that this life can offer you and you just don't know what you're going to be about then then you make a choice you say i am about this what is that thing is it i am about helping and healing and loving and nurturing and serving others or is it about getting others to serve me about making them do what i say about getting minions and so in that moment you're choosing either to say i see god in the eyes of others therefore i bow to serve or you're saying i see god inside myself therefore i make them bow and serve it's it's essentially you probably aren't aware that that's what you're saying but that's what you're saying that's the fourth density of awareness the fifth density is when you you mature a little you 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 your the the dam's banks burst or um or, or or the opposite you run dry and you realize i've got to do a little of the other thing as well i've got to either give to get or i've got to get so that i can give you allow for an exchange of energy and energy begins to flow and 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 you become a fifth density being and fifth density beings are are often really quite powerful either creating service to other or service to self because they they're able to use energy far more than just what they're able to hold inside of themselves and that's wonderful that continues for as long as it needs to continue until the awareness awakens inside of you that that this this being that i'm serving whether it's the other or the self the div- i'm seeing the divine i and and because i'm engaging in transaction i'm seeing it in myself as in the other i'm beginning to see that serving the self and serving the other is the same thing there's there's actually no difference because what i do to the other i do to myself so it doesn't matter if i'm serving the other or the self as long as i'm serving and then you're ready for this next level of awareness that i don't need to think in terms of service at all i can find what is right for me to do and because it's right for me to do because this is the divine acting through me it's right for me to do therefore it is automatically the greatest service i don't have to think about who am i serving or am i serving i'm just doing the most authentic expression of of self and then sixth density which is the first level of unity consciousness dawns and so we can continue up the ladder but I really think, for me that's yeah. carry on yeah I think that's what's happening for me now is I'm, I'm, you know, I think, I think I came from that density. I think, I think I came from that realization of unity. I think I came from that sixth density and what's happening now is my, I'm at the point in my journey as a human where I'm recognizing, I'm, I'm reconnecting with that. And that circle yeah. is is coming full in 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 a, in a spiral, and uh, it's very exciting. And I, I I wanted to I appreciate your your love and your your viewpoints. And 
uh, I thought it would be useful not only for me, but also for my listeners, for me to be really transparent with my path right now and what are some of the key things that have really helped. And um, I appreciate you taking the extra time to go this route with me. And I want to make sure if you have a little time to go over that if there's anything you want to say about how everything we've talked about for the last half hour, how that interfaces with your work these days and the cutting edge of your work and the different forms that your work is taking. And then we can segue into completing the conversation and, and making sure that you have a chance to share anything else you want to share and that you make sure that you give my listeners all the contact information they would need if they wanted to explore connecting with you and your work further. Gosh, you're extremely kind. Thank you. So, um, yeah, there's not there's not really awfully much that I, I, I feel the need to say other than um, uh, this is this that we're talking about now, this this act of of connecting with the divine self is is w what gives me my leadership. Um, I don't concern myself on a on a day to day basis with what am I going to do now? Or what am I going to do next? Um, my my spirituality is my vocation, um, and and I, I I simply allow it to unfold. And I'll wake up in the morning, and there will be a tickle in my heart that says it's time to begin writing from this perspective or from that perspective. And what, what I'm currently working on that's uh, really quite exciting. Um, Gosh, it's a whole big subject on its own. Uh, my first incarnation into uh, into this reality was on another planet in this galaxy, and and was amongst beings who are uh, who were very very different. They were humanoid, certainly humans, but so different from from what we know. Of humanity, they would they would live one incarnation, and that one incarnation would be uh, perhaps the equivalent of thousands of years. So they would they would do their entire journey in one shot, and and the 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 planetary consciousness was very high. Such wise beings, it was like being incarnated in a tribe of angels. Just such amazing beings, and um, uh, in that life, I was. Um, I suppose I could say given to or, or partnered with uh, a mentor. They didn't do parenting like we do. Uh, your biological parents were just that. You 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 were um, given to someone who who was considered to be particularly wise to teach you um, all the lessons of, of 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 their people. So I was given to this 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 wise mentor being, and he taught me all manner of wonderful things that, that seeded awarenesses in my soul that, that I've carried with me. And then on a day, he called me aside and he said, you know, he's always known that my journey was to be different, that I was not really one of them. I was a visitor amongst them that they ascend into the light. And they did this. I have to digress and tell you about this. As they got older, they didn't get older the way we do. They didn't um, 
there was no physical diminishment. There was quite the opposite. They would they would just get uh, I don't know their, their 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 capacity and their life force would just get greater and greater. And then they would begin to really awaken spiritually, and they would they would begin to luminesce. A very old being there would be this amazing, powerful, spectacular person with this aura that you could see with your eyes. They, they begin to glow. And slowly, there would be more and more light, and at some point, less and less physical form. They would literally turn to light. And at some point, they'd be just light, and then they'd leave. So anyway, to come back to my story, uh, Adamu was his name or that kind of meant uh, first man or wise man or first man of the tribe that was what I called him Adamu Adamu uh, let me understand that I was not to do this I was not going to ascend into the light um, that I had to leave and we were sitting next to uh, the ocean and the ocean and, and that planetary reality was very very still mirror like <clears throat> And he picked up a, a flat pebble and he flicked it out across across the ocean and it hopped, 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 hopped. And he, and he said, that's the metaphor. You are like that stone. You're going to touch on these different realities, these different places before finally you're ready to sink into the water of life. And I didn't quite understand what he meant because he was telling me how I'm going to leave this planet. I'm going to leave them. And I didn't understand how I was going to leave. And he said, you've got to leave your body. And I didn't understand what that meant because I'd never seen anybody die. Dying was a completely unknown concept. But anyway, um, he taught me how. And what I did is I waded out into the, into the ocean and he taught me how to lift my, my spirit out of my body. And he'd given me a libation to drink, which caused, when I lifted out, caused me to disconnect from my body and the body fell back into the ocean and the ocean took care of it and I moved on to my next incarnation. And exactly as he said, I went lifetime after lifetime. There were six hops before this one. Um, but in this lifetime, when I began to awake, at first I spoke to my spirit guide and he, he let me know that I'm actually speaking to him through my inner self. So I started to speak to my inner self. And then I started to remember and heal my past lives, and I, I found I was quite easily able to remember this life and this, and this faraway planet with these amazing exotic beings, and I was able to remember Adamu. And I thought, what if I talk to Adamu? Which I did. I started to speak to him. I called for him. And there was this amazing reunion. When I called for him, he, he was like, yes, what is it? And I said, Adamu, it's me. And, and, and the recognition, oh, my young one, you have changed so much. Uh, you, and, and there was this beautiful reunion, and we started to talk. And because he was such a wise and beautiful spirit, I often brought questions to him. And then I started to ask him about what happened to you after I left. And he revealed to me that uh, his um, soul group of which everybody that I met there on that planet, they were, they're all one, like one soul group, the, that they had some very interesting experiences. Their planet was was attacked by a race of, of reptilian beings and the planet was destroyed. And, and, and in that moment, they used their 
the, the, their ability to create these light bodies. They used that to gather up the, the ones who were still in form and they fled across space and they established outposts elsewhere in the, in the galaxy. And they became uh, what some of us that are, are, are interested in the kind of starseed phenomenon or the, or the UFO phenomenon, they became what is known to us as the Pleiadians. And so here he is. He's this, this being with this connection to this, this, I mean, frankly, bizarre story, the space opera about these beings that are in the Pleiades. And uh, he has the most amazing stories to tell. But beyond amazing stories, he is able to speak to matters of great complexity because he has a deep understanding of what it is to be incarnated. There are Pleiadian souls incarnated on Earth right now. So he is he's deeply connected with planet Earth at, at this stage. And he's able to speak to these matters of great complexity in, in a very clear and compassionate way. And so currently I'm having a series of conversations with Adamu and I'm, I'm, I'm making those available and that's causing a bit of a stir. People seem to be quite enjoying what Adamu has to say. So in amongst all of the many things that I do, uh, this is where I'm currently at, speaking to Adamu and, 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 and bringing him through for, for, for conversations and having a great deal of fun with that. And that is what is making up uh, Ascension Papers Book 3, yes? Quite right, yes, yes. So, so book one was, was my journey from, from fear into love, my journey from victim into creator. That's what book one was. It's in conversation with uh, my own inner self and in conversation with my spirit guide eight. Book two, which I'm busy writing at the moment, as am I busy writing book three, uh, book two is, is, is all with eight, and it's about like these fundamental things. What are the densities of consciousness? As I've, I've, I've just given you a quick summation of earlier, uh, and, and what, what are about the, um, the, the, the structure of the universe? What is time? What is space? How do all these things work? It's just the kind of um, metaphysical questions that, that I have that really tickle my, my fancy. Uh, Adamu, book three, is, is, is the story of humanity because it starts that lifetime that I had and that planet that got destroyed. The story of humanity actually starts there. They were seeding human life there and they moved on to seeding human life everywhere, including planet Earth. So it's, it's, it's this grand galactic space opera uh, of, of how we get to be where we are. But currently what he's speaking about is, is very front and center. I'm quite surprised actually that, that because he's always taken this, this very, very broad view. Right now, the latest transmission has been about uh, the things going on right now, about banking and, and, and how uh, there's a, uh, an implosion, a kind of a, impending implosion in our financial world and he's speaking about how that comes to be and politics and and all of these real nitty-gritty present earth stuff uh which which is a bit new for him to be talking about but really what what he's doing is he's laying a groundwork he's saying this is what it is this is how it looks uh so that we can we can say okay we accept it now what are we going to create? And and that's where the conversation is going to go next. He's going to talk about uh, 
how we can recreate this reality that we're inhabiting in a way that is more more loving, more beautiful, more more harmonious, more positive experience for just average people that are, are just here to, to, to live this life on planet Earth. That's where it goes next. Beautiful. And uh, can you give contact information where people can go on the internet to access your work and to communicate with you? Perfect. Thank you. Yes. So uh, my website is zingdad.com. So I'm going to spell it Z. Uh, we say Z. Americans say Z. Uh, Z-I-N-G-D-A-D. Zingdad. Dot com and and pretty much everything is there you'll find there if you if you're a like a facebooker you'll find the link to facebook all of my my publications are there if you want to engage with the the adama material it's all there my videos my blog my contact there's a contact form there you can everything you could possibly want to know about me and what i'm doing it's all there and what do you have for sale what what courses or uh or audios or videos. What is what is not free? What is actually also for sale? Okay, so wow, you're a, you're a very nice interviewer. Thank you. Um, so I have a, a a multimedia seminar series which is called Dreamer Awake, and it's 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 really through my iterative work with clients. You get to see some of the same things over and over again. Some of the same challenges, the same struggles, the same. You see them over and over again. And, and I, I get to the point where I say, well, instead of me doing the same stuff one-on-one -on -one with people over and over again, how about I produce an experience that will take you through the journey of um, you as a separate entity, here you are on planet Earth, how do you connect with your divine self? How do you meet and stand in the light of your divine self? How do you come to embody that divine self? Well, so there it is. Dreamer Awake, Module 1, Heart and Mind Aligned. Then uh, the next thing that happens as you begin to engage this divine self is you discover your own shadow, this part of your own psyche that, that hobnails you, that is self-destructive. So Module 2, Shining the Light on Shadow. And then there's a third module which amongst the many things that I'm still busy creating, is called the Tools of Creation. And it's, it's what I know about how we can recreate our reality. So that's for sale. I have guided meditation recordings for sale, a, a number of them. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one healing. There's, there's a, a variety of different modalities that I offer. So I suppose I can say my time is on sale. Um, th that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. As I write things, when I when I talk about book two and book three that I'm busy writing, as I write them, I make them available for free. And when they're done, I'm going to collate them and package them and they will be for sale. But for now, everything that I'm writing, I like to give away stuff. I like to be generous. I like to give things away because my experience is that life treats me the way I treat life. So life is incredibly generous to me in response, I suppose, because I'm generous with life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, and we've been having an in-depth interview between myself, Dr. David, the Cutting Edge Doc, and Arne Allingham from South Africa. And Arne, it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege and delight to have you on our show today. And 
thank you so much for being who you are and for the work you're currently doing. And if there's anything I can ever do for you and for your family, feel free to ask. And is there anything you would like to say in closing? Just love. That's it. Love is everything. Just love. Love to you, David. Love to everybody that's listening. If you can take a moment and feel your heart, feel the love, then you are feeling your connection to the divine, which is my connection to the divine. We're feeling the same thing. We're in oneness in this moment. Just love. And with that, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to CuttingEdgeDoc.com. That's CuttingEdgeDoc.com. Lastly, if you love today's show, you can support Dr. David, his work, and the show by going over to iTunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment. Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.